chapter 8 verses 27 to 34 and um, homework next week is to read Mark chapter 9 as you can see there's a flow to this as we're going through the book Romans chapter 8 verse 29 his job is to conform us into the image of Jesus Therefore, we're traveling through Mark as a case study to see how does Jesus act? How does Jesus behave in the midst of storms? How does Jesus react? How does Jesus treat strangers? How does Jesus treat his friends? And so we want to encourage you to uh, not simply wait for me to minister on the book of Mark chapter 9, but let the Holy Spirit speak to you all week on that book. Mark chapter 8, verse 27 to 34, reading from the Passion Translation. Then Jesus and his, and his disciples walked to the villages near Caesarea Philippi. On the way, Jesus posed this question to his disciples. Who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the baptizer. Others say Elijah the prophet. And still others say you must be one of the prophets he asked them but who do you who've been walking with me who've been hanging out with me who's been spending time with me who do you say that i am peter spoke up saying you are the messiah the son of the living god then he warned them not to breathe the words of this to anyone from then on from then on, from that moment on, Jesus began to tell his disciples that he, the son of man, was destined to go to Jerusalem and suffer great injustice from the elders, the leading priests, that's the Sadducees, and the religious scholars, Pharisees. And he also explained that he would be killed and three days later he would rise again back to life. Verse 32, I love this. Jesus opened his heart and spoke freely with his disciples, explaining all these things to them. Then Jesus, then Peter took him aside and rebuked him. Rebuked meaning he did not consent to what Jesus said. But Jesus turned around, glancing at all of the other disciples, and he rebuked Peter, saying, Get out of my sight, Satan, or Get thee behind me, Satan, for your heart is not set on God's plan. Get behind me, Satan. Your heart is not set on God's plan, but man's plan. Jesus summoned the crowd along with disciples, and he had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown or deny your own life and you must be willing to share my cross take up your cross and experience your 
cross or my cross as your own as you continually surrender your ways. I want you to help me announce my title. Turn the person next to you, and if they're a man, call them a man. If you're a woman, call them a woman, and tell them, come on, man. What are we doing here? Okay, okay, okay. Turn to somebody else and say, come on, man. What, what are we doing here? Amen. Hey, come on, you're going to look like you're having fun. Amen. Come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? I was uh, watching the, the dunk contest, the All-Star game last month, and it was the most amazing contest and it was tied up at the end of all the dunks. And then they had another dunk off, Aaron, um, Aaron Gordon. And I can't remember the other guy from the Heat. But what's his name? Yeah, Derek Jones? Okay, good, Derek Jones. Um, and they had a dunk off. And again, it was tied. And so the final dunk off, Derek Jones did this dunk, which was pretty good. And Aaron, I was going to keep saying in my mind, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Gordon. He decided, okay, I'm going to take it up a notch. And there's a... Um, basketball player, he's the tallest basketball player in the league. His name is Taco Falls. He is seven foot six. So Aaron Gordon said, I'm going to do something so crazy that I have to win. So he had, let's say the basket is here. Taco Bell Taco Bell, yeah. I know I'm going to say that sooner or later. Taco Fall held the ball on the top of his head. Aaron Gordon jumped up, grabbed the ball off the top of his head, and dunked it. The crowd went crazy. If you look at them, they're like, oh my goodness. The announcer, one of the leading announcers in the country, Kenny the Jet Smith, said, it's over. It's over. It's over. Aaron Gordon has won the dunk contest. The judges, when they came up with their scores, Aaron Gordon did not win. For the first time, you could hear people booing. They showed the faces of different star basketball players who were in shock and they were looking at each other saying, what the mess, I said mess, uh, just happened. So at the end of the contest, even Aaron Gordon was shocked. He was just holding his head like, I cannot believe 
that I jumped over a seven foot six man and I lost. So he's sitting at the press conference, next picture, and they're asking him, what do you think? And he said, come on, man. What, what are we doing here? In other words, you all saw what happened. This don't even make sense. Like basically, it, basically, if I do all this and I can't, and I still can't win, then, then, what, then what am I doing here? And he's, he said, I'm never going to participate in this again. Like, if after, all, after doing all this, I still can't win? Come on, man. What, what, what are we doing? What are we doing here? I, I want to speak about three things. I want to speak about having a heart for God, having a heart from God, and having a heart of God. And what I want to do is prepare us for the consecration because there's something powerful God wants to do during this season and I want to make sure that we don't miss what God is about to do uh, in this year of believe in this year of having the 2020 vision in this year of making sure that we are cooperating with God if you with me say amen, amen. so the scene again is Jesus is now heading towards uh, Caesarea Philippi, um, and and it, it, it's a 30-mile journey, and he's trying to get away from the crowd and religious leaders who are harassing him, and, and the Bible says that he's walking with his disciples. Are you following me? He's, he's walking with his disciples, and and what I want to say is that many of us right now we're walking with Jesus. We we the reason why you are here, even though the clocks have been uh, set forward, you've lost an hour of sleep. Certainly, there are other things you can be doing, but you're here, and it's and and. I would say you are to be congratulated for being here or even if you're even for those who may uh, be on vacation or may have missed the clock or, or whatever. There, there's a group of 400 to 500 people who come here regularly on Sunday. And I think the reason why they're here because this is the day. This is a season where, unlike when I was a child, where people just religiously went to church, people go to church now because they really want to be there. Amen. Are you following me? This is not the day. There ain't no religious people uh, now uh, in the sense that I'm going because it's Sunday. They, most people, if they're in church, it, it's because they want to be in church. And Lord have mercy, if you're here at 830, you really want to be here. <laughs> so you're to com So my point is, you're here because you have a heart for God. And that's to be commended. And, and, and the scripture says it in John chapter 6 verse 44. It says, no person, no person comes to the Father unless the Spirit of God draws him. So there's, there's something in your heart that is really wonderful, really marvelous in that, in that God has tugged, in, tugged on your heart to, to want him 
to have a heart for him and you responded. And that's to be commended. These disciples, the Bible says that Jesus called the disciples not to teach him, not to teach them. He's, if you read it in another, uh, one of the other gospels says he called the t- disciples just to be with him. The beauty about Jesus is that he loves you so much. He's like, I'm not calling you to just to, you know, to teach you or to live holy. I, I'm calling you just to hang out with me. Heart for God. And you to be commended for that. Then it goes on to in Mark chapter 1, 8 verses 1 to 3 and then verse 29. So Jesus called uh, his 12 uh, disciples to come near him and he says my heart goes out to this crowd for they have been here with me for three days and have nothing to eat I'm concerned that I that if I send them home hungry they'll be exhausted along the way for some of them have come a long long way just to be with me and you know that he ended up feeding the 5,000 men plus women and children. And then uh, verse 29, he asked them, so, but who do you say I am? And Peter spoke up saying, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then um, Matthew chapter 16, verse 17, adds a little more context to it, meaning that there's something that Jesus said after Peter recognized that he was a son of God. Uh, Jesus says to to. To Simon Peter, you are favored and you are privileged, Simeon or Simon, son of Jonah, for you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Again, let's go back at verse two. Jesus says, my heart goes out to this crowd. So there is a heart for God. And then many of you, us, we have a heart from God, meaning that we are concerned about the things. Sorry, it means that we we understand what God wants. So, for example, when the crowd was with Jesus for three days and and Jesus said, my heart goes out to this crowd. The disciples, their response to the crowd was what? Send yeah, send them away. Jesus was like, no, no, no. My heart goes out for them because they they've been they've come a long way to be with me. And if they go back home, they will faint along the way. So so I want to make sure I take care of them. And and so um Jesus of course he feeds the five thousand and then later on in the text he says, who do I say, who do you say I am? And Peter gets this revelation that you are the son of the living God. And my point is, is that many of us in this room, we have a heart from God, meaning that God has shown us what he wants. God has shown us what he desires. I believe one of the reasons why, can I commend this church? I I have probably, as a pastor, this is just, this is an unscientific, this is an unscientific um, um, conclusion I've come to. But I believe that I've probably been to more churches in Cambridge than any other pastor in this city. 
I've been to I've been to Presbyterian, I've been to Asian, I, I've been to Pentecostals, I, I've been to Episcopalian, that was interesting, uh, taking communion with real wine, hallelujah. Anyways, <laughs> but my point is, I've been, to, I, I've, been, I've been to High Rock, Hilltop, Aletheia, No Rock, I've been to, <laughs> and my point is this, I have never heard a church that worships like this. I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the praise team. I'm talking about the congregation engaged and, and, and worshiping. And, and you could hear the people just rejoicing. And my point is, is that one of the reasons why we're like this is because we really got a revelation of what praise and worship is all about. Even we see our children worshiping and praising and i hear i always hear these funny stories of 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 kids who go uh who who leave pt and go on vacation and go to their parents home church and they're like okay we had enough of this we need to get back to pt this church is dead you know and and not that it's dead but the point is is that it's not crazy like us i mean we do everything i've learned more dance moves in pt and my point is, is that we got, we, we know, we got a revelation of the heart of God and, and, and God shows us things. God shows us things. We, we know, we, 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 he, he bears his heart to us. He, he speaks prophetically to us as individuals, tailor-made words. When we do inductive Bible study, uh, God speaks to us. That's an honor. That's a blessing. That you don't have to wait for Sunday morning to hear the big guy up there. That God wants to give you his heart and speak. And we know that that God is speaking from his heart. And we know what God wants for this church. And it's a wonderful thing that God daily wants to speak to us from his heart and he speaks to us uh is, is there a bible around here okay we'll get a fake bible oh you got a real bible oh my lord this is a oh jesus this is the holy yes the holy grail yes lord i'm a blessed i'm gonna preach better already because it is uh, oh i feel it's mocked up too i forgot what i was gonna say i got a new message just from ooh, jesus <laughs> ah, I love you, Regina. But, but, but every day, and, and see, this is a good point. This is a good thank you, is that this is mocked up because God is constantly speaking to her. She, has to, she doesn't have to wait till Sunday morning. Oh, come on. We, do, we don't sing them old hymns when it's those old hymns that you said, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. And he, come on, you old school folks. And he tells me what? And the what? Joy we, as we what? Tar- oh, you all are raising church if you know a tarry me. <laughs> ah, and for these newbies, let's pause for a minute. Come on. And he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share 
as we tarry there. None other has ever known. I saw some of you looking at me like, I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> What's the next word, Bishop? <laughs> Says I come to the garden. That's all I know. But anyways, there's a heart for God. A heart from God. But then, where God just reveals things to us, he speaks to us. He, he gives us direction and insight. He says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Let him know what what you want to do. Let him know what you're thinking about doing. And he will direct your path. You will get the heart from God. But then, here's the challenge. It's having the heart of God. He... Peter gets this amazing, the other 11 apostles. says, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And God says, Peter, you're blessed because God has spoken to you. God has shown you something. He, he, he's, he's spoken from his heart to you and showed you who I am. And then it says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples that he, the son of man, was destined to go to Jerusalem, suffer great injustices from the elders, leading priests, religious scholars. He also explained that he would be killed three, and three days later, he would rise again. Verse 32, I like the way the Passion Translation, Jesus opened his heart and spoke freely with them, his disciples, explaining all these things to them. Then Peter took him aside and rebuked him. And he said, get, and Jesus then rebuked Peter, said, get out my sight, for your heart is not set on God's plans, but man. Jesus is at a place where he has his apostles who are following him has not only them following him, meaning that they have a desire for him, so Jesus is like, wow, if you have a desire for me, and I'll use you again, Regina, because you have that wonderful Bible. Uh, no, 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 keep, keep. And, and so she has this heart for God. She's here. And four children, she got to get ready, her and her husband. You ought to be commended. You are one of my heroes. And, and, and you're here. And then, because you have a heart for God, you also get the heart from God, where God is speaking to you. You're marking up your Bible because he's speaking to you. And God is like, wow, Peter, you got this revelation. Well, 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 seeing that you got this revelation, okay, I am going to, if I can borrow your Bible, seeing that, seeing that you get it, I am going to now give you my heart. In other words, 
the word of is a possessive. This is the Bible of regime. Okay? So, this is the heart, my heart. Now I want you to own my heart. Because if you're able to see this, then I can share my heart to you. And all of a sudden now the conversation changes from, see, these dudes over here, these 5,000, they only follow me for the milk and the cookies and the bread. and what, but, but, but you guys understand that I'm the Messiah. So now let me share with you intimate stuff. Let me now give you ownership of my heart. See, this is why it's so important to understand that when you have the heart of God, all your prayers will be answered. Delight thyself in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Meaning he will give you the desires that belong to your heart. In other words, Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. He says, um, he, he says, for it is, uh, uh, sorry, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to do well and to do his good pleasure. In other words, when you are spending time pursuing God and you're spending time getting the, you know, receiving the word from the heart of God, then what will happen is that he will put his heart in your heart and you will start asking him for things <clears throat> that you would not normally ask him for. And he was basically said, I want to do that for you because you're asking for, because you're asking for things that I actually want to do. That's why for some of you, you are, you are, for some of you, God is not answering your prayers because it's not his desire. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Now, th now this is the good news. What do I mean? Meaning that sometimes God will say to you, what you're asking for is not big enough. And that's not, so I can't do that. See, some of y'all looking at the negative stuff. No, there's some things that God says, no, I can't do that. Why? Because if I would do that, people would look at you and say, yeah, she could have pulled it off. But I'm going to put a desire in you that is so crazy that you can't shake because now it belongs to you and you're going to ask for something ridiculous and people are going to look at you like, there's no way that's going to happen because I know Roy. And all of a sudden when I pull it off, people are going to say, you know what? That was God. God could have easily got Israel out of Egypt after one plague. But he hardened Pharaoh's heart because he wanted them to know that when you get in the wilderness and you start acting crazy, remember I took, I, I sent 10 plagues plus split a sea for you to get here. So how dare you think that I've abandoned you. Some of you, if your 2020 self were to look back at your 2000 self, if you're old enough, and, you're to, and told your 2000 self, hey, 
We're going to be in church dancing and worshiping at 8.30 in the morning. Your 20, your 2,000 self would say, well, actually, your 2,000 self would probably swear, <laughs> okay? Like, get out of here. And yet, some of you have friends who are looking at you, and they're like, yeah, and they start coming up to you, cussing and swearing, hey, let's smoke some you know, marijuana. And you're like, no, I don't do that anymore. Like, well, what do you mean you don't do that anymore? I don't do that anymore. I'm a changed person. I, I, I have the... I, 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 I have the heart of God. I'm, and, they, and they'll look at you like, man, as crazy as you were, girl, as crazy you, that must be God. That must be God. Because I knew you. And God wants to do something in you that people say, that's God. He wants to give you a job that you're not qualified for. So you can't break to your friends. Mm. He wants to build you and put you in a house that you didn't build. He wants to put you in places, give you ministries that people say there's no way that could happen to you. That's why he chose Moses, a stutterer. He uses your weakness. Why you choose me? I'm good in math and I'm horrible in English. Why you want me to write a book? Give me something like computers and math. No, no, no. Because if I, if I work through your strength, you would take the credit. But everybody knows you can't write. <laughs> Turn your name and say, that's good news for you. Yeah, he takes depressed people and make them worship leaders. <laughs> Makes no sense. <laughs> he takes people who don't like children and make them children's ministries ministers. <laughs> like the kids just love you. Kids are like, like God has the ability. To put his heart in you so that you want what he wants. But here's the problem. My wife always knows this. She said, uh oh. She's like, after pursuing me, you have a you want me. And after I speak to you and share with you things, how is it, Peter? That now, I, I told you I'm going to the cross. You get this revelation. How is it that now you can come up to me and say, that's not the will of God? Like, dude, you just got a revelation. How? how come on, man. You've been following me for three years. I've been doing all these miracles, walking on water, raising the dead. And now you're going to tell me, now that I share the real reason that I came, you're going you're gonna to tell me that's not the will of God? C come on, man. What are we doing here then? I speak to you over and over. You worship. You cry. You fall out. You weep. You get, my goodness, tons of oil slapped on your head. And after all that, you don't have my heart? Come on, folks. What, what, what are we doing here then? 
I give you revelation. I give you prophetic words. I have people come up to you and don't even know you and they prophesy and they speak to you. And after all that, you're still struggling with what I want to do in your life? Come on, man. What are we doing here? You go on a fast and I speak to you and I confirm. I do signs and wonders and all sorts of crazy stuff. And you write it down in your journal and after all that, you still don't believe? Then what are we doing here? No, no, no. What, what are we doing here? What are we, what are we doing here? We, we, we come here on Sunday mornings wanting to hear the word. And then we listen and do everything opposite. God speaks to us. Has people come up to us and say, no, the Lord show me that you're struggling financially. I know you're not, but you're struggling financially. And, and the Lord said that he's going he's gonna to do something for you this week. And God does, and, and you believe it. You, I mean, you're weeping. You tell your friends, you write in your prayer journal, and then God does something. And then next week, a problem hits you and you're freaking, I don't know what to do. God's like, wait a minute. I gave you a word. I gave you a confirmation. I, I, I actually did something. And now, and now a smaller problem happens the following week. And you're following out, falling out. Like, oh, God, do you love me? And like, like, like come on, man. What, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? After all I've done for you, some of you shouldn't even be alive, let alone saved. After all this, oh God, where are you? Have you come on, man? What are, really? Really? Are we gonna have this conversation? I, I thought I thought I thought we got rid of this conversation ten years ago when I rescued you out of that car accident. I, I thought we got rid of this conversation when you had that disease that the doctor said you were going to die and now you're still alive 15 years later. And, and yet we're still having this conversation about, oh God, do you care for me? Really? Come on, man. We have another consecration and God's going to speak and God's going to confirm and we're going oh, to tell our friends and hold me accountable. And God is going to say the same thing that he's been telling you for the last 10 years. But he's going to say it slightly different. So you're like, oh, my goodness, gospel. And, and, your, and your accountability partner is going to say, um, 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 before you weep and, and cry and, and we have to do all this and you fall over me. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, no, stand yourself up. Let me, because we're such good friends, let me go into your journal. Oh. November 5th, 2016. Does that look familiar? So where's here? I mean, if we're talking about, come on, man, what are we doing here? Where's here? Uh, back in the day, before we had cell phones, 
We got these little devices. This is a Tom-Tom or a Garmin. Now, anybody, teenage, don't even know what we're talking about. If, if you're looking at it and go, wow, yeah, that means you're old. <laughs> but before you had phones, these, this is, was a GPS. GPS. Anybody know what GPS stands for? Global Positioning System. And so that's, and, and you, would, you would use this to find out where you are and where you're going. So here, we're going to talk about a global, a GPS that God is dealing with us on. Here is, so when God says, come on, man, what are we doing here? Here is God's grace. Here is God's place. Are you with me so far? And here is God's space. Grace is the favor of God. Grace is, is um, grace, the, the, the Greek definition of grace is God's influence on the heart and the, re, the reflection of that influence in your life. And so grace can be favor or gr grace can be strength. What Paul says uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. Uh, he said, no, I went through the situation and I prayed for God to take it away. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, he'll give you strength to go through things that you normally couldn't go through. Or you get favor. Some of you have ridiculous favor. Like you just like you just have favor. Now, why do those kids always like you? Or some of you, you can go into settings that are, you know, if you're white, you can go into black settings. If you're black, you can go into white settings. Or you can go into eight. You can go in settings that, and, and you just have favor with certain people. And it doesn't make any sense. And so the point I'm saying is that with the favor and the grace that you have, what are you doing with that? When no, you when you know you have favor, I'm not talking about talent. I'm talking about you just know that God just when it comes to certain things, God just blesses what you do, and God is saying, "Come on, wh what are we doing here? What are we doing here with the grace that I've given you?" And then there is. The place. What do you mean? We are all at certain places in our lives. Whether it's, um, whether it's, you know, if you just had a baby, you're at a place of your child's an infant. Are you following me? Or, or you're in a place where, no, no, how you doing? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm in a new place in my life. For example, my wife and I, uh, we, we are, no, well, I'm in my 60s, and this year she'll be 60. So we're in our 60s. We're in a we're in a new place, and and so um, yeah, you look like a little schoolgirl. Mm. My lord. Anyways, 
She's actually only two years younger than me. I didn't rob the cradle. <laughs> ah. But we're in a new place. And so we have to ask ourselves, how are we supposed to act as 60-year-old individuals? No, how are we supposed to act? I'm not going to let you tell me how I'm supposed to act. Well, you're old and you all are supposed No, 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 no. How are we supposed to act? How are we supposed to behave? What, what should we be doing at this, at this place in our lives? And we understand that at this age, we should be mentoring. We should be pouring into a a, a new generation. We should be, there's things that we should be doing at this age. What should you be doing for you? The people who come, who you you are honored to touch. What are you doing in your place? And then finally, what are we doing with this space? I blessed you with a church on Columbia Street and a church on Magazine Street and most of the churches in this, most of the congregations in this city don't even have one building. What are you doing with the space? What are you doing with the space where God has opened the door for you to get an apartment, get a room, get a house. What? Do you, come on, man. What are you doing with the space? And I'm trusting the Lord. I'm trusting the Lord that during the con- during the consecration, we're going to spend time with God and say, God, what do you want me to do with your grace? What do you want me to do in the places that you place me? What do you want to do?